Chapter Three of Mary Clapham Junction. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ruth Golding. Mary Clapham Junction by Arnold Kennedy. Chapter Three. Clapham Junction. Tommy quite believed that he could swim to land, but he certainly did not expect that the land would come to him. Yet this was just what happened. After he had made a few strokes, the water gradually sank away, and at last he found himself moving his legs and arms about on soft, dry grass. When he had done this for a few minutes, it occurred to him that there was a simpler way of getting along than that, and he got up to walk away. It was well he did so, for just as he turned to find out what had become of the river, he saw the train making for him at a high speed, and he would certainly have been run over had not the engine suddenly lowered its funnel, caught him up, and thrown him back to his old place on the top of the carriage. "'We've been looking for you for hours,' said the guard. "'I thought it was only a few minutes,' said Tommy. "'Where is that river gone to?' "'Flowed away,' said the guard. "'Rivers never stand still.' Tommy was very much relieved to find that the train was now running smoothly along rails, in the manner of trains in general. He was surprised to notice that it was now getting dark, and he tried in vain to think why this day and the previous night had passed away so quickly, with almost nothing in them, as he expressed it. It was all the darker because the train was running through a wood, behind which the setting sun was just visible. Oddly enough, the wood was quite as thick in front of the train as it was on each side, and just as Tommy thought there would be a collision with the trees in front, they opened out and then closed again behind the train. There's not much to see, he thought, but it was a fine thing not to be told to go to bed and he determined to keep awake as long as he could. Indeed, he was a little afraid of falling off the carriage. The guard seemed to be half asleep already. The driver and stoker had made up a sort of bed on the tender, and on this they lay down, after fastening a printed notice to the side of the engine. Cows are earnestly requested not to upset the train. Tommy hoped very much that this would prove a safe way of travelling, but it needed all his customary respect for engine drivers to keep him from suspecting that there was something wrong about these proceedings. However, his thoughts soon wandered to other things, and just as he was wondering how many, if any, of the original passengers were still in the train, the sound of a flagellate came up from a window of the carriage on which he was sitting and after a few notes of accompaniment, someone began to sing. The singer and the player were at opposite windows, and both seemed to be trying how far they could lean out without actually falling onto the line. The Traveller's Song Oh, large is the world, and round as a ball, But look where you will, you'll find no place at all Like Mary Clapham Junction
now if you are sad and do not know why, come pluck up your courage and travel with I to Merry Clapham Junction. If you are pining for something to do, go learn off my heart all the trains that run through or stop at Clapham Junction. Some love the high mountains, some love the white sea, some love the green lanes of the country, but we delight in Clapham Junction. There is not a delicate under the sun, so dear as a sandwich, so sweet as a bun, procured at Clapham Junction. It's good for a headache, it's good for a cold, it's good for the young and it's good for the old, to stop at Clapham Junction. You may start from Quebec, you may start from Japan, you may start from Hanbei, yet you probably can book through to Clapham Junction. Then don't lose your temper and don't lose your way, let nothing whatever induce you to say, oh bother Clapham Junction. Tommy had interrupted the song after the sixth verse by leaning over the carriage to ask the singer, Why is it good for a headache? If you stop there with a headache, he answered, of course your head stops aching. That's as plain as a signal box. The refrain of each verse had been taken up in chorus by the other passengers. It was nearly dark when the song was finished and as the last voice sang, or rather shouted, Clapham Junction, Tommy saw a number of lights twinkling some distance in front of the train. As the lights grew larger, he made out the platforms of a station, crowded with people who were holding out their arms like signals, but though they shouted and stamped, they failed to awaken the driver or the stoker, and the train rushed through Clapham Junction at full speed. Then the trees moved together, and closed in behind the train, and the station was quite hidden from view. End of chapter 3